Well, good morning. Great to see you in church this morning. Great to have you at the final session of summer camp. Uh, good morning if you're online or down in Yarram this morning. For those that are from Locksport in the room with us this morning, great to have you with us. How good is this? If it's your first time with us, uh, a huge welcome. We're so glad that you're you're with us this morning and chosen to, to worship with us, and I hope that you feel at home and welcome. Uh, like Pastor Jackie said, we've got those Connect cards in front of you, and we'd really love you to fill in one of those. Let us know that you're here for the first time so we can better connect with you in a crowd this size. It's sometimes easy to, to miss new faces, so uh, help us to, to get to know you by doing that. Uh, some of our hands up for those that did go on summer camp, if it was your... Okay. Yep, first. Everyone who went to summer camp, put your hands up. Thank you. Uh, if it was your first time at summer camp, first timers, summer camp, yep, a few, yep, okay, so maybe about 10 or 15 were first timers, and I think we had, how many at summer camp, Brock, about 47, about 47 young people at summer camp this year, which I think is our biggest one that we've had for a long time, or maybe ever, actually, and we've been running this summer camp down in the sandy uh, Banksia Peninsula for the last... 14 years. We skipped, years. we skipped a couple of years, thanks COVID, um, and other things that happened, yeah, uh, but 14 years of summer camp down there, and if you're a young person and you missed it this year, uh, can I encourage you to, to make sure you look out for next year's summer camp, because it's always a great time, and um, everyone has a great time down there, getting to know each other, learning more about Jesus. They had a great guest speaker um, who was a, a Bible college lecturer came down and spoke to our kids at summer camp this year, Andy Mitchell, who did a fantastic job preaching from Hebrews around the idea of real faith. Uh, and so this morning, uh, we're pausing our John series, we'll pick that up again next week, but we're pausing John because we are in session six of summer camp. And so our text this morning is the memory verse from Hebrews 12, and every year at summer camp, uh, there is a lot of traditions, and one of the traditions is life groups. Life groups are small groups that study the Bible together, talk about what's been talked about, but also in their life groups, they do the memory verse as a song or a skit, and they perform it on the last night of summer camp, and the winner gets, I mean, bragging rights, not, not much else. Um, but a lot of bragging rights. And so instead of me reading the scripture for you this morning, I've asked the winning team from last night to come up. And this is a surprise to me too. Alana and I and the family were down at summer camp, but we left uh, yesterday. And so we missed, we missed out on this. So I apologize maybe in advance for whatever is about to happen. And, uh, but we will see Hebrews 12, 1 to 3, performed by winning life group number one. So, welcome them to stage. Uh, well, good morning. Uh, it's great to see you all here. We've uh, just come back from summer camp. If you don't know me, I'm, uh, my name's Brad. I'm the senior pastor here. And uh, we're going to be continuing. We're dropping uh, John for now, but we're uh, in Hebrews. And I'd just like to invite Evan up uh, just to share that with us. Summer camp. So we learnt a memory verse. Shut up! This is a musical! Hit it! Hit it! 
Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith for the joy set before he who endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of god consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart hebrews 12 verses 1 Oh, fantastic. I was, I was impersonated then. I'm actually, I'm glad they chose someone so good looking. It's fantastic. Thank you, Brock, and life group number one. And I'm sure the other life groups were just as good and entertaining as that. Fantastic. Um, but Hebrews 12 verses 1 to 3 is what we're going to look at this morning and we're going to continue this topic of real faith, real faith. So let me read it to you. I mean, you just got it, but I want to read it as well. Uh, so it's fresh in my mind, fresher than that. Uh, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. What a memory verses. Well done, Brock, for choosing three verses for the memory verse. Um, fantastic. Um, and so, that's a great one to memorize. So let's pray together and then we'll jump into our, our message this morning. So God, we thank you so much for, uh, for your word. Uh, we thank you so much for these young people who have such a, a great time together away, learning about you, uh, connecting well together, um, and uh, God, just enjoying your creation and celebrating you and Jesus. God, we pray that we might be able to join them this morning in their enthusiasm, excitement, and passion for your word and for you. And God, that uh, together we might learn something more uh, about you and what it is to have this real faith. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Anyone into running, races, running just in general? Maybe you go for a jog. I don't know what's wrong with some of us, but I, I'm definitely not one of these people. Um, but I remember being at school and at school, for some reason, you do athletics carnivals and uh, some people are like super excited for athletics carnivals, some people 
uh, always sick that day. Um, and you get to, I mean, when you're young, you, get, you just do them all, don't you? It's like, well, you can't jump, but you're going to have a go. Um, throw this discus, don't hit anybody. Some of them are quite dangerous, actually, if you think about it, giving a kid a spear and then just throw this, throw this javelin. I know it's called a javelin, yes. Um, throw it as far as you can. Uh, and then someone's out there marking it, just like watching it come towards them. Um, but running, running. I remember doing uh, the running races and thinking to myself, I'm good at this because I know how to run. Um, and so I'd run and then I'd never win. And I'd just get puffed. <laughs> and like after 100 metres or 200 metres. But then when it came to cross country, uh, there was something different about the way I was able to run that, enabled me to do fairly well, at least for the, the times that I did it. I'd never, never took much on. But the difference between sprinting and running a long distance, like a cross country, a couple of kilometers, is a very different sort of type of running. Some people who are great at sprinting and getting around really quickly over short distances are not necessarily great at, at running far distances. And this morning, in Hebrews 12, the writer of Hebrews 12, who we learned was probably Apollos, writing this as like a sermon, um, talks about running this race with perseverance. This idea that it's an endurance event. That faith, real faith, is not just a once-off, let's get excited for a moment and let's hope that carries us through for the rest of life, but it's an endurance event. And real faith puts these one foot in front of another, um, continuing, enduring, uh, prolonged idea of, of running, of, of doing life. Um, a sprint is easy in one sense. I'm sure a lot of us could, if we had to run for 100 metres, maybe manage to stumble across the line. But if you were to, if I was to say, all right, after church today, we're just going to have a church marathon. We're all just going to start 42 kilometres. Some of us would be like, I'm ready. I've got my running shoes on, like I've just been waiting for this moment in my life for someone just to say, run a marathon. But for most of us, the rest of us perhaps, the idea of running a marathon would be like, the hospital would not have enough beds. Um, a marathon takes certain motivations and certain techniques, so I'm told and have understood. Uh, that it's not just a matter of starting and just going for it and just hoping that you get to the end, but really there is a, a sense of you need to have the right motivations, you need to have a, a good understanding of how it's going to play out and the right techniques. And so I want to look at this idea that life is a race, real faith is a, is a lifelong race, and there's these motivations and techniques that we need. Really Hebrews 12 um, and Hebrews, I mean... If you know um, my father, my father, uh, he was the senior pastor here before I was, and he would always start, he would never start a verse like this, therefore, would he? What's it there for? And I'm not going to read what it's there for, but what I will say this is in Hebrews 11, there is a great story of the heroes of the faith, okay? And so you could read Hebrews 11, and that would be a great thing to do after this. Um, but really, it's talking about how these heroes of the faith overcame difficulties. They kept going in the face of uh, opposition or hard times. And then Hebrews 12 continues this idea that life is not 
or, or real faith is not about just having happiness and joy the whole time, but how you get through the hard times, how you get through the difficulties. Some commentators would say this endurance or this race or this athletic uh, person that Apollos is sort of um, talking about is probably like an athlete who went through the pentathlon of the Olympics of that time. And the pentathlon of that time was not like what we have today. It was a little bit different. It involved long jump, it involved javelin, it involved disc, discus, it involved a running race, and then finally, it involved a wrestling match. But not like a wrestling match on mats with mouth guards and safety measures. Like, often, I read... Um, one thing yesterday about the, these old pentathlons, the wrestling match would often end in serious injuries or death. And so verse 4 of Hebrews 12 goes on about, um, you have not, I, I should have written it down, I don't know if you've got verse 4 there, John, probably not, um, but talking about blood being drawn. And so this is the picture that's being, like, there are times in life where it is hard and faith is not easy. And so real faith not only gets you through the mountaintop experiences, but it helps us when we're, face difficult times, when life is not always good. Think about the idea of exercise and running. If you were to go to the gym, good on you, um, but chances are when you go to the gym, uh, I've been to the gym before, but I don't really go at the moment, but when you do work your muscles, you are exercising to the point where you're straining and it hurts. You're bringing about pain on your body. Why? So that you are stronger. If you were to go to the gym and just do what felt good, and some people maybe do this, and maybe this is where you've gone wrong, um, and you never get to the point where it's a little bit painful, a little bit uncomfortable, this is what a good coach, a good fitness instructor will do, will push you to this point of uh, stressing your muscles, pulling them apart so they can repair stronger. If you never did this to your physical body, if you only ever ate what you felt like and moved when you felt like it, you would become a very unhealthy, uh, unfit person for life. And this is the metaphor that we are trying to understand here in our real faith, is that the things that we need to do, the, the times that um, aha, we need to keep pushing forward so that we can develop this strong, real faith. Everybody is different. Um, Olympic athletes, if you were to give them one of um, maybe my workouts, would look at it and go, huh, that's like, I could sleep while I'm doing that. But if I was to do an Olympic athlete's workout, I would be like, again, probably in the hospital. Um, and so there's not a one size fits all. We all need to figure out what is the next step for us and what is the, the, the exercise that we need to do. Uh, life is more than about just getting comfort but it's learning and developing through the hard seasons. It's endurance. Uh, without these hard experiences, without these tough times, we won't grow. Weakness is strength. The more you stress your muscles and body, the stronger it gets, even though it feels weaker. You know, those last couple of reps, if you've ever done like uh, weight lifting, the last couple of reps, you're like, I don't think I can do it, but it's those reps that uh, propel your, that develop and grow your muscles. And so real faith grows through the testing in hard times, just like your physical body grows through the pain and resistance. So firstly, I want to look at the motivation. Two motivations, uh, witnesses and Jesus. 
So therefore, we've already mentioned, there is um, a whole cloud of witnesses that the writer of Hebrews is, t- is getting us to look at. Because of all these people that have gone before you, let us run this race. Let us, um, let us uh, be motivated to keep going in our faith. The great examples of faith through Hebrews 11 who understood there was a bigger purpose in their life than just escaping hard times. If your goal in life is just happiness, you'll be disappointed. There will be times in your life where you will be sorely disappointed and your framework for life will not hold up for the test of time. Christianity gives you a great framework because it doesn't say that no hard times will ever come, but it helps you understand why they exist, how they help you and what God's purpose is in them for. Uh, Hebrews 12 will go on to say, and we'll talk about this at the end as well, goes on and talk about a father disciplining his son and how it's, it's a motivation of love. Uh, the, the, the hard times that the father puts a child through is not uh, a punishment, it's not retribution, it's not tit for tat, it's not, uh, I want to inflict pain sometimes in our um, brokenness, it can become that, uh, and fathers can do it out of, the, out of poor motivations, but a perfect father doesn't do that. A perfect father does, I want to correct you here, I want to help you grow. If, if I catch you lying, I'm not going to let you get away with it because that will not help you become the best version of you as you grow up, if you are never taught, if there's never consequences for that. And so this faith, um, this real faith is more than just, um, so, sorry, the, the faith of the heroes mentioned in Hebrews 11 is, uh, is this real faith. It's not just blind faith, we talked about that um, at camp, it's not a leap of faith, it's not this idea that it'll, it'll all work out, but it's a real faith. It's rooted in experience and evidence. So the first verse of Hebrews 11, verse 1, so faith is, um, so this is the, the chapter before, now faith is the reality of what is hoped for and the proof of what is not seen. The reality of what is hoped for and the proof of what is not seen. It is evidence and experience. Evidence and experience. The hard times they faced were not for them to, uh, were not for them showing to be lack of God's presence. Um, or reality, but rather a developing of their faith in God. Through the hard times, they experienced the sweetness and peace of his presence and the evidence of his provision. So the Hebrews writer says, the motivation is all these people are cheering you on. They have all gone through hard times and they are witnesses to this kind of faith, to endure, to keep going, to keep trusting, to keep searching for truth and seeking the Spirit. There is purpose in painful times, even if you can't fully appreciate it now. And the second motivation he gives us is Jesus' example. Uh, So Hebrews 12 verse 3 says, Consider him who endures such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Jesus is the example of endurance and his motivation uh, for your endurance. This idea of consider is to look at, to keep your attention. And verse 2 goes on to say that, fix your eyes. He endured to get to you. Jesus endured the cross. He endured the hard times so that he might get a chance at relationship with you. He didn't have to. He had all he needed. He was content within himself. He was full of life, full of joy. Then the only thing he didn't have was relationship, right relationship with his people. And so he endured to get to you. And so let that be part of the motivation to endure in your faith, to fix your attention on him. 
Simply adoring Jesus, considering him, looking at him is motivation. It's, it's food for your soul and food for your life. When you focus your attention on yourself, uh, your own feelings, it makes you want to stop and give up sometimes or give in to something that will only just give you temporary pleasure and fulfillment. But like a marathon runner, you might have, uh, I looked up famous marathon runners because I didn't know any, but if you're into marathon runners, uh, Abid Bikila, uh, you might have a poster of him from the 30s on your wall. It's like the greatest marathon runner of all time, apparently. To give you motivation to keep training, we put Jesus up on our wall, if you like. Jesus up front and center in our mind saying, he is who we want to be like. He is who we're trying to imitate, to keep our, our focus and our attention on him. And he gives supernatural strength. So the motivation is the witnesses and Jesus. And then the technique, and I hope this is going to be helpful for us, is practical obedience and weightlessness. Practical obedience and weightlessness. So firstly, practical obedience. Endure. This idea of perseverance, endurance, in Hebrews 12 comes up time and again. It's like this constant theme. And, and the word uh, used is this idea to stand your ground, to endure. One commentator says it's like hyper-standing, to not retreat. You know when you go through hard times, tough times, sometimes the temptation is to retreat, is to uh, stop eating like you normally do, stop sleeping like you normally do, stop doing the things like going to work or going and seeing your friends or going to church, to, to withdraw uh, and try to just like consolidate. But here the writer of Hebrews says, endure, keep going. The best thing you can do to endure and to have real faith is to keep turning up. It's to keep showing up. It's to keep uh, engaged in your faith. It's to keep praying, even when you don't feel like it. It's to keep reading the word, even when it doesn't make sense. It's to keep turning up to church, even though it's, it's uncomfortable. It's to endure, to stand your ground, to persevere. One commentator said this, the characteristic of a man who is unswerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith and piety, even by the greatest trials and sufferings. Hebrews 12 verse 1 says, let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. In verse 7, it says, endure hardships as discipline. When you're running or working out, you don't stop when it gets hard, like we talked about. You keep going because that's where the strength is built. That's where you find the growth. After a great experience at summer camp, uh, you can come home and think, oh, I'm so on fire for Jesus, and then get to tomorrow morning and go, I don't have my life group. I don't have the songs. I don't have the preacher. And it can be hard to keep going in your faith. And so this is the moment where you need to continue to persevere, to keep opening that Bible, to keep praying, to keep thinking and, and dwelling on Jesus. When you have doubts and when others aren't inter interested, endure, keep going and don't retreat. The second idea is this, weightlessness. I don't know if you've seen marathon running before, but I've never seen a marathon runner who was like jacked and built, you know, like just 120 kilograms of muscle. Um, when do you see them? What are they? They are lean, they are slender, like the Olympic, the best of the best. They are, there's not much to them. They are pretty lightweight. And that helps them persevere. That helps them run the distance. And so we're not talking about physical weight here. 
this is a spiritual idea of weightlessness. There is something beautiful in this passage about running the race and enduring with real faith. It's not to get God's approval, but rather it's because you have it. Hebrews 12 verse 1, let's read this verse again. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders. Take it off. The sin that easily entangles. Take off that weight too. And let us run with perseverance. We are able to throw off this sin. We are able to throw off everything that hinders because of the very next verse, verse 2. Because we fix our eyes on Jesus. He is the pioneer and perfecter of your faith. Just pause there for a moment. You are not the pioneer. You are not the perfecter of your faith. This is the word you need to hear in a hard time. When you're struggling with your faith, when you're struggling, is God real? Do I really want to follow him? You are not the perfecter of your faith. You are not the author of your faith. Jesus is. He who began a good work in you will carry it on, Philippians 1 verse 6. He who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. Jesus gives us our faith and perfects our faith. Our faith, our ability to run and stay in the race is because Jesus first did it for us. He's at the starting line, he's alongside us, and he's at the finishing line of the race. He, sometimes we can think the gospel, the good news of Jesus is just for those who don't yet know him. It's just for sinners. It's, and then once you become a Christian, it's just like, and it can sound like this message, it's just hard work. It's just like gritting your teeth and getting through it. But there is hope in these verses that he is the pioneer and perfecter of your faith. You, you are a Christian and you stay a Christian simply because of his love and his grace poured out for you. Because he ran the race for you. And then he encourages you to, to follow in his footsteps. He is the pioneer and perfecter. He takes the weight off too. He takes our sin. He takes our shame and all that hinders our ability to fix our attention on him. And he nails it to the cross and then he sits down, it says in verse two, sits down at the right hand of the throne of God. The hard work is done so now you can run weightless. Not to gain approval, but from approval. You see, Jesus both showed you how to run the race and took the weight off your shoulders in doing so. And as we um, develop this real faith, as we grow in this real faith, we become like the cloud of witnesses. We become an encouragement to those around us. We become a witness to those who don't yet know Jesus. Reaching your friends and your family Sometimes we can think, I've just got to figure out the right words to convince them. And um, sometimes that's true. Sometimes in Hebrews 11 verse 1, it talks about there's evidence that you need for your faith. There's good rational thinking you need for your faith that you need to, um, you need to think through and you need to be able to explain well. But more than that, the lived experience, the lived example is the greatest witness you could ever give. It tells more, you can tell more through your life than you can through your words. Hard times will come, hard times will come in your faith, in your life, and God uses these to build something in you and to show people around you his reality. Like a running coach will push an athlete to train and it will hurt, but afterwards he or she is a better runner. God uses the pain of endurance to 
produce a fruit or a work in you as a witness to others. But God is far more than a coach. He's far more than just about pushing us to our limits. Hebrews 12 goes on and the the metaphor switches from a running race to a father and son. And if you miss the rest of Hebrews 12, this whole message and this whole couple of verses can just sound like you just got to grit your teeth and get through it. Life is tough and you just got to just got to stay in there, but the the metaphor changes to say there's a father who loves you. There's a father who this, these hard times are like how a father goes through with his child. It's not just about gritting your teeth and getting through, but understanding that God is not just a coach, but he's a father. A father brings pain on his children by saying no, by withholding, by setting boundaries, by bringing about consequences for wrong actions. And a child sees all this and thinks, a lot of the time, how dare you? You're ruining my life. You're taking this thing that I love, the only thing I love. And they can say some pretty nasty words and think some pretty nasty thoughts. And God is saying, we're like these children. When you are going through tough times, when you're going through hard times in your faith, God is saying, trust me as your father. Trust me as your father. Hebrews tells us that we are like a child. We can't see the benefit of hard times, but we know, we can know it's from love and for love. It's important, as just a side note here, that God does not bring about pain. God does not, he's not the author of pain. He's not the author of um, sin. But he says he does use these things to develop something in us. And one day, and we talked about this at camp as well in Revelation 21, one day there will be no more tears there will be no more pain. There is a great day coming where the kingdom of God will come in its fullness and we will enjoy his presence without any of these hard times. But for this moment, for this season, we can look forward to a heavenly home. He talks about that in Hebrews 11 because we know there is something greater coming and he loves us in the midst of the hard times. So we fix our eyes on Jesus again. We see that Jesus was complete and didn't lack anything, but still in his love, it drove him to become human, to live like one of us. And if that wasn't enough, he offered his life in place of ours. We can know that God loves us because of what Jesus did by example, what Jesus did with his life. He says, you have my life, my holiness, my perfection, and I'll take your sins and your shortcomings. This is love, that God loved us. And this is a love that fuels our faith. It allows us to keep running, to keep running, to keep running, to endure, to persevere. And so as the the team's going to come up and they're going to sing a a song and we're going to worship together about this this idea of a father's heart that we sang at camp. And I want to encourage you to decide today, maybe for this year, to endure in your faith to decide that you will hyperstand, you will keep turning up, keep opening your word, keep praying, keep doing the things that you know you need to do to develop your faith. And as you do, you'll be a witness to those around you. Can we pray together? Lord Jesus, we thank you. Let's stand.
Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for, for your love towards us and for your grace and your mercy. God, we thank you that you are a father who loves us and who calls us to follow in your footsteps. God, we thank you that the things that we face in this life, the hard times that we face, God, we can face them with you, knowing that you first faced them for us. God, I pray that you would help us to endure with real faith, not just through today, not just through uh, this week or this month or this year, but God, through year after year. Lord God, we give you so much praise for, for what you've done through these young people over these last couple of days. And God, we pray that even through their example, we might see real faith and we might be spurred on to, to love them like you do, to be passionate about you and seeing uh, the lost come to know you like they are. God, we love you so much. We give you so much praise. Pray all this in Jesus' name.